How's everybody doing? Anybody feeling a little sentimental today? Um, no, all right, good, good for you. Looking ahead, all right. Um, well, for me, I am a little bit sentimental this morning, and it's hard to believe that this is our last Sunday, or actually our last service, um, the 11.30 service. Um, some of you may just be sad because we're not doing 11.30 service at Thomas Jefferson Middle School. We're doing 11, and that's going to cut into a half hour of sleep for you, so I apologize for that. Um, I remember the very first time that uh, I walked into this school. It was uh, early 2003. At that point, Grace had been around for just a little over two years, and there were about 100 people or so coming, so not even quite the amount of uh, those of us in this room right now. And um, I tell you, my wife Becky and I had been looking for a church for about the past year and a half that we had uh, been in the D.C. area. It was a very frustrating process. There were lots of great churches out there that, that we thought were nice, but they just weren't the place where we felt comfortable, where we felt like we were supposed to be. And um, and so I, we we got a mailer, kind of, you know, similar kind of mailer to what you guys are holding in your hands. And um, it was interesting timing for me because the, the Sunday before I got the mailer, um, I had like had one of the worst, most horrific church experiences of my life. It was just total train wreck. You know, I don't even, I can't even talk about it. I don't just, I'll just leave it there. And so I get this uh, postcard in the mail from this Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church. And that line was the only thing that kept me from throwing the thing right in the garbage because on the front side, there were these like weird caricatured like people with these big heads. You know, and it was like talking about purpose or something. And I was just like, man, I cannot do another weird, crazy church experience. These people look goofy. Like, what is this mailer about? You know, and so the whole week I hung on to it and I was just like, you know, I need like a month from like church. I just need a break, you know. But um, Becky and I decided at the end of the week, okay, it's a church for people who don't go to church. Let's see what that's all about. So you walk in, you know, walk down the hallway. People were nice and greeted us. We walk into this big open space and, you know, you see these murals on the wall. It's a little creepy. Anybody else? You know? I was like, oh, man. So, you know, we strategically angle for the very back row over in this section here. That's right, you guys. That's where we were, right back there on that, on that back row. And I tell you, and, and you, we all know this, but it doesn't just happen that these guys are sitting in the back rows back here. I mean, you're back there for a reason. It's strategic. You know what I'm saying? You go back there. I went back there because I'm like, okay, <laughs> Horrible church experience last week. Wish I could have ducked out of there. You know, so I'm going to sit in the very back. If the service gets a little weird, people are a little freaky, I'm gone. You know, I can head right out that back door there, and we are in the clear. So um, anyway, God bless you guys back in the back today. That's that's <laughs> smart move. If this is your first time at Grace, I don't blame you at all. Um, but, you know, over the years, um, oh, actually, so, so what happened was, uh, first service, um, we're sitting there in the back, and... Um, I remember the music was, was pretty good, and so that was cool. And then um, I remember John, who's our senior pastor, got up to speak. And by the way, he is like so bummed that he can't be here for this final service today. He committed to a leadership team uh, of this retreat called the Walk to Emmaus. And he committed that a year ago before we even knew we were moving, and it happened to be that this was the weekend of the retreat that he's leading. So um, he's, he says hello to, to everybody here Anyway, so he was, he was speaking. I actually was toying around with the idea of, of getting up and saying that we decided to fire him and we were going to move on with new blood, you know, younger, younger pastor going to TJ. But 
uh, yeah, I didn't think that'd be so such a, so appropriate. But anyway, um, where was I? Oh uh, yeah. So so John gets up to speak, and um, if this is your first time, you'll know who John is next week if if you make the move over to TJ with us. And I just remember, I don't remember what he said particularly, but I remember it was interesting. Like, I think I only fell asleep once or twice, which is a good sermon for him, as you guys know. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, anyway, but in, in all seriousness, uh, it, 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 was, it was right on point. And I remember there was something really humble about, about him and about this place and about the people that I met. And it really felt like this is a place where we can be real. You know, we can be real about, we don't have it all figured out. We don't have it all together. We have struggles. And I think, I even remember him referencing like some of his downfalls and shortcomings. And I said, I think this is the church. I remember saying to my wife after we walked out, I said, Becky, I think we found our church. You know, how do you feel? And um, so um, we started coming regularly back in 2003. And for the first year before I came on staff, just started to get involved in a number of things. And um, this place, Key Elementary School, became for us a place that we looked forward to coming each week. And maybe some of you guys are here, and and this place has fond memories for you. Um, Maybe for you, you're here this morning, and, and this place actually represents, this school, this worship space right here, represents um, a place where you kind of decided that you were going to turn back to God and, and give a second chance to on uh, your relationship with God. Or maybe this place represents a place where, you know, maybe you've been burned in the past by church, really turned off, maybe by, by someone that you knew who claimed to be a Christian but really wasn't acting like one. And uh, maybe for you, this place, Key Elementary School, uh, represents a place where, you know, you really had your faith restored, either in God or in the church or in other people in Christian community. Maybe this is a place where for you, you found tremendous healing or peace or a sense of community for the first time in a long time. Um, we all have lots of great memories here. And um, so I think it's important that we, uh, that we think about those and we celebrate those this morning. I've got a couple folks that are going to be sharing some of their memories and their stories with us this morning. Uh, but before we do that, I want to just let you know that um, the message this morning is called How to Move Ahead. And um, this is the 13th and final week of this road trip series we've been on. We have been looking at the famous road trips in the Bible. We started uh, like 13 weeks ago. We started looking at Abraham and God calling Abraham to go into this land that he would show us. And that's when we talked about we were going to TJ. And uh, we looked at Moses and the Israelites and their, their journey and how God moved them out of slavery in Egypt and into the desert and then into the promised land. We looked at the Apostle Paul and uh, in the New Testament, his uh, missionary travels, his road trips. And so um, anyway, what we, what we find from all these stories, if you've been tracking along these last few months, is that it's pretty clear that our God is a God of movement. He's a God of movement. God doesn't want us sitting still. Have you noticed that in your own life? God doesn't kind of want you to just sit still and get stagnant. But God actually wants you to constantly be moving, growing, moving forward, moving ahead. This is who our God is. And for me, I know that he does this for me because he wants to kind of keep pushing me a little out of my comfort zone because that's where I grow. And also out of my comfort zone a little bit is where I actually have to not rely on myself, but rely on God. And so um, God really is just constantly um, calling us to move, both as a church and individually. But while he's doing this, he also calls us to remember 
where we've been. And I want to read you a few verses that just illustrate this. This is a biblical principle uh, throughout the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. So in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5, verse 15, uh, God says to the Israelites uh, who have come out of slavery in Egypt and are now in the promised land, he says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. In the Psalms, which are these great prayers to God, uh, the psalmist in uh, 105.5 says, Remember the wonders that God has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. And so this clear theme all the way through the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, here we have the words of Jesus Christ um, as he is talking to his disciples. It says in Luke 22.19, it says, And Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them, they're his disciples, and gave it to his 12 disciples, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in what? Remembrance of me. And in case you're not familiar with, with church, maybe you know, you're just coming back into it, you didn't grow up in church, there's this thing that we celebrate called communion, or the Lord's Supper, depending on which church you're a part of. And the whole reason that we celebrate communion, we're not going to do it today, but the whole reason that we do it is to remember what God has done in our lives. It's to remember the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on that cross and uh, remembering his death and his resurrection for us. And so he tells his disciples that this is something that we are supposed to do as followers of Jesus to remember all the things that God has done in our lives. So we have this clear biblical principle okay, from this God of movement who also calls us to remember. And the principle, if you like to follow along with those fill-in-the-blanks, it's this. We have to move, but we have to remember what God has done. Move, but remember what God has done. Um, we have someone at Grace who's been coming for several years. Her name is Liz Bracken. She and her husband are pretty plugged in here at Grace. Many of you guys probably know the Brackens. I, I wanted Liz to come up because she has a great story of sharing um, about remembering what God has done in her life and how that was transforming. But um, she's actually at a wedding in Chicago this weekend. So uh, we got her on video this week, and we're going to cue that up right now. in August of 07, so just about three years. You said that we're leaving Key School? Yeah, I think it's going to be a neat new chapter, though, for us. So, you know, we're talking today in the message about the importance of remembering what God has done, and certainly uh, your story is a great testimony to the importance of remembering what God has done. But if maybe you could start by uh, taking us back to, you know, before you came to Grace, tell us where you were spiritually. What was going on in the context of your life? Um, at that point, Ryan and I had lived in the D.C. area for just about a year. We had moved here um, totally on the prompting of God, knowing that we were called to be here and this was the right place for us. And I think I definitely came in with the expectations of this is where we were supposed to be. And it definitely was not, it, life here wasn't as I pictured it was going to be when we started. And that was really hard and heartbreaking. And I had come through this year of really battling with God of 
why he would be here. And so by the time I got to Greece, I wasn't angry anymore and I wasn't really bitter, but I was definitely just sort of sad and missing that relationship with God and missing community of other believers. We had been attending a, one church sort of primarily and then intermittently we would sort of try a couple new churches and go back, but nothing really seemed to be gelling and nothing seemed to be really creating a spark. Tell us about that first Sunday that you came, because Ryan came the week before and scoped it out. But tell us the Sunday that you showed up. What was what was it like for you? What was your experience? I don't remember what was said. I don't really remember what we talked, what everybody talked about, or the music. I just remember feeling that this could be a place that I could stay for a while. And I think at that point I was ready to start healing. And I don't know if I really understood that at that point, but I definitely knew that I could be here for a while and that this could be a place that we could sort of settle into. So at that point, you started coming regularly to Grace. And a couple of months in, we were offering this Connecting with God class. Tell us a little bit about that, because you guys signed up for that and jumped in. So it was a class of about 35 people, which was completely intimidating. I remember the first day just sort of sinking back to the sidelines, sort of scoping it out. But the whole idea of the class was to sort of create this map of what your spiritual journey had been sort of thus far in your life. And that exercise with with the class was so great for me to look back and see my highs, where my highs were and where my lows were. And that even after those lows, that God still brought me out of those, that I still was able to come back to a point where I could connect with him. And I don't think I'd really taken the time to do that. And I think I'd sort of forgot. So by looking back and sort of relearning all those things that God had done, it sort of it started that healing process a little bit more. And uh, in that class, we, we broke you up into table groups of maybe like six or so people. So the other thing you mentioned was how powerful it was to hear the stories of the rest of the folks at your table. Tell us about that. The group at my table were so transparent. They just sort of opened themselves up to the people that were sitting at the table with them and it was such an amazing thing to hear their stories and hear what God had done in their life and what he had brought them through and just to hear sort of how they struggled and how they sort of rose above that and just to hear the healing that had happened in their lives it it just sort of started to reiterate that healing could happen for me too and just a way I could learn from them. Then over the next year you and Ryan started to really get involved at Grace doing different things, right? Mm-hmm. So we started um, hosting a small group, you know, when things would come up at church, and that was cool, and um, helped out with the preschool for a little while, which was entertaining. And we did a life group, which was life-changing. And um, eventually it came to a point where Ryan was helping out with the high school group, which I think he definitely saw the importance of and how great that was going to be, but it was also hard Um, It then came to a point where the high school group itself was growing. There was more and more students coming, and there wasn't more leaders sort of helping out. So um, in an effort to kind of do a ministry together, I jumped in to do the high school group with Ryan. I think it's been great to sort of see where they are and see what works, what connects with them, and what things they're still really struggling on and help them through that. Um, I didn't really have that as a high school student, so it's been just really great to sort of walk with them along that. You know, from from the first Sunday that you walked into Key School, mm-hmm. you know, and here we are in our final Sunday in Key School. Um, yeah, how would you kind of describe your experience at Grace thus far? I think at this point, looking back at where I was in 07, I definitely feel like I'm further along. Where I, I feel more connected to God now than I was. I have a much 
different, a very different relationship with him than I did then. Um, it's much more honest and open and transparent. Um, and I think that I hear him a little bit better sometimes. Um, it wasn't a constant ups, upstitch or uptick, um, but it's been really great to just sort of see that whole progression. Even though the, there's low points, but I've learned and sort of remembered that I can grow from those and I can, you know, I can move forward with that. Liz, um, there's a part of her story that I, that I really, really want to focus in on. Uh, and that's the part where she, she said that in this class, there was this exercise that, um, that we instructed everyone in the class to do. And it was to, to map out your spiritual journey. And uh, it, it, this is such a powerful activity. I don't know if you've ever done something like this before, but th- this is so cool that I, I actually I, I put it right in your, in your outline here so that you could just have this. And I want to encourage you to, to try doing this. Uh, essentially, uh, what the exercise is, is just to kind of look at what were the main kind of highs and lows in your life and where, where were you in your relationship with God or your connection with God at those different moments? And as you start to do this, it will really help you to see the things that you may have forgotten. I mean, this is, this is a powerful activity because as you do it, you will see where God has played a major role in your life. And, um, you know, I think after... Sometimes, like, the, the best little sound bites come, like, when they turn the cameras off. And that just bugs me because, you know, I work so hard to get a, a video like this together. But Liz, you know, we were just finished rolling, and she's like, you know, this, this whole exercise of, you know, of sharing, uh, of looking back on what God had, had done in my life, it, it just it, it reignited my faith. You know, it was, that was the, the moment where, you know, I realized that, that God was for me and not against me, that God was with me and hadn't abandoned me. And um, so, you know, this is an exercise, no matter where you are in your journey, it can be powerful, powerful stuff. And, you know, if you're here this morning and you're trying to move ahead, there's some area of your life where, like, it's a battle, it's a struggle. You're, you're dealing with something and you're trying to move forward and it is so hard. And maybe that's testing your faith. Uh, I cannot encourage you enough just to just take a couple minutes and just fill out this little chart here. You can get, get a whole piece of paper and, and do the activity, spend a few minutes. Uh, because remembering what God has done will, will give you tremendous um, renewal and, and faith to be able to move forward as you're remembering what God has done to help you move forward to deal with whatever comes your way um, from here on out. So I, I just encourage you to do that. Um, since this is our last Sunday at Grace and we're kind of uh, remembering different things that have happened here, uh, I've got another person that I, that I really want to bring up because his story is, is neat. And so if you could just give a big, warm, Grace welcome to Clarence Lee. Hello. <laughs> how you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm doing well doing well Good. i think after two services we finally got this nailed so i let's hope so work out the kinks right it's all right man that's right um so clarence you started coming in uh, 2004 tell us where you were at, at that point in your faith sure um I, I didn't grow up in a church background so i had no real exposure to the church or anything like that um my wife had and, and when you know out, when we got married and before that we had been kind of wandering around both in St. Louis and here in Washington trying out different churches, some for longer periods of time, some for shorter, but never really felt at home or welcome in any of them. 
Um, and then we walked in here. Very cool. So uh, tell us, so you walked in here. What was your, do you remember your first Sunday walking into this yeah, place? Yeah, no, I, I definitely do. you remember do. the murals? I, I'll always, I, in my dreams, I see these murals, you know. I mean, these are, um, but, and I'll see them next week. But, yeah, no, I remember coming in and just being, you know, getting a warm handshake and a warm greeting, um, you know, free coffee, free food, which is not always the case um, at other churches. And um, just everyone being so friendly and non-judgmental, I think, if, if that's a word, but just sort of welcoming us and, um, you know, allowing us to sit and be here, be mm. part of everything. So good first impression. Very good. What was it that brought you back? Because you started regularly attending after that. What was it for you? I mean, the welcome is, is nice. If you're not welcomed, you're, you're out the door. But what was it that actually started bringing you back? Yeah, I mean, there were two main things. I mean, the first huge one is obviously we met a lot of people that we've become really close to and become really good friends with. And those people um, are a big part of our life. And some of them have moved away and some of them have stayed here. But um, that, that was a huge thing. And then the second thing is that um, the, the message that we got every week from the sermons were, were, at least for me, it was something that I felt like I could take back into my life for the next week. And, and it was something practical. Um, and what, I don't remember exactly what it was the first few times, but I remember thinking, you know, this is something that I can use in how I perceive things or how I do things this week, actually. It's something that I can really use. And that had a very practical um, benefit for me. Cool. So you were coming for a while, and then you signed up for a class. Tell us about that. Right. I mean, I had been going for coming here for about a year and um, was still sort of curious and, and seeking, if that, that's what you guys call it. Um, I think in other services, you would even you described yourself as quite skeptical. Ske- I right. I was, I was skeptical. I mean, a lot of things I, didn't, I wasn't sure of or I didn't, wasn't, didn't believe, but... Um, how, then, how dare you do that? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> then, I, then, I, then I hear about this class called Starting Points, which, is, um, which was perfect for me. I mean, it was, it was you know, like a message. Like the class was for people who were seeking and um, hadn't quite committed to Christ but were wondering what it was all about. And um, so I signed up for this class, and it turns out to be about 25 people, and we're broken up into groups of about five or six and it's just stunning to see that there's all these other people here who have been going to Grace for even much longer than I had um, who are in the same position, who were sort of curious but n- not really ready to commit or for whatever reason um, still a little bit skeptical. Um, so that's how I ended up in that class. And then um, there was this one particular class where you had a breakthrough. Tell us about what happened. So th- the first part of the class sort of dealt with the reasons, the rationale for believing and it's the historical background, the historical record, comparing the Bible to actual events or the te- historical text, you know, like something like Homer's Odyssey, and its accuracy versus the Bible. And that stuff was quite compelling, and so that was sort of evidence for believing. There was also, we also worked through some personal items where, you know, you try to catalog where you thought God may have worked in your life, and that, all, that was also compelling. Um, overall, though, you know, you guys presented this chart where it was basically reason was on one side and faith was on the other side. And um, to get to 100%, you really needed to, to go, you know, from zero to 100. But you couldn't do that all based on, you know, reason alone. There, no matter how far you got, even if it was 99%, you still had to take that 1% leap of truly believing and, you know, having faith. And during, during that class, I, I figured, you know, I'm never going to get to 99%, but at some point, you know, I, I feel comfortable just taking the leap and getting diving in. 
Mm. So that realization that no matter how much we study, no much how, how much evidence we can build, or how many you know things we can hear about the the logic or the reasonability of Christianity, there's always going to be this piece that just requires you to step out in faith. And so you did that, and uh, kind of said, okay, I'm going to believe. I'm going to put my faith in Christ. Um, and so you did that, and then um, you went on and got baptized here at Grace, and um, just tell us, you know, I mean, was this just like a perfect ending to the story? Has everything been <laughs> wonderful ever since? No hitches, no glitches? No, I mean, every, everything is great. I mean, it's, but um, I think it's just, it's just been interesting to me to see how, you know, I've been able to sort of give up a lot of control. I think that I, I'm naturally that way. I want to, I rationalize things to death and I'll beat a decision over the head until I, you know, come out several different ways. And um, after after I sort of committed to putting my faith in God, I think I've figured out that I don't always have to do that, and I still struggle with that all the time. I mean, there's still times every you know every day where I'm thinking, you know, I should do this, but maybe I'm trying to ignore a message or hearing something different. But um, I'm more open to it, and and it's helped me a lot. Well, thank you very much, Clarence, for thank sharing. You. Really appreciate you, brother. Thanks, man. I tell you, I, um, I love Clarence's story because for me it represents so much of what we strive to be about here at Grace Community Church. You know, we strive, we don't always hit the mark, okay, but we strive very hard to be a place where no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, whether, you know, you're on board or whether you are completely skeptical and doubting and, you know, have all these questions like where Clarence was that first Sunday that he came in, no matter where you are, that this is a church that will welcome you in and love you and accept you right where you are and respect you right where you are. And in the time that you need, you'll be given the opportunity to ask those questions and to admit that you don't have all the answers and to, and to wrestle and to struggle and to express those doubts and... And we're okay with that. We want to be a church that no matter where you are, you can do those things. And, um, and in your own time, you can come to, to figure out who Jesus Christ is. And so um, thank you again for, for sharing your story, Clarence. And um, I, I kind of feel like you're like the poster child for grace because really you are so much of what we strive to try and be here. Um, but there's a common thread in, in Clarence's story and in Liz's story that we saw on the video that, that I want to hit on because I think it's critical, particularly as we're making this move, we're talking about how to move ahead, and that is the importance of being in community. Okay, You, you hear this a lot at Grace, but it, it's so important we, we have to keep talking about it. Uh, if you remember, uh, Liz was saying that you know, it was powerful for her to remember, and she had a little chart, and she was charting where, you know, where God had moved in her life. But what was equally powerful, okay, was hearing from those folks at her table where God had moved in their lives. And there was something that kind of, it all got validated, and it was, you know, the cumulative effect of her sharing and also hearing the stories of others that helped her to feel like, I'm not in this alone, you know, that, that God is real, that God is here. And, um, and so that was huge for her and for her in her faith. Um, and then for Clarence, 
he mentioned the starting point class that he was in where he was at this table group and and realizing that there were there were all these other people at Grace in the exact same place that he was. You know, have all these questions and doubts and struggles and not totally on board and a place where he could voice some of those questions and start to wrestle. There is something that is so incredible that happens in community. And so... Um, the, the last point that I want to give you is that we move best when we're in community. We move best when we're in community. Uh, I want to read you um, a text from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Um, now, the book of Acts comes after the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Acts uh, is the, is the Gospels are written about Jesus and his life, and then Acts is the story, is the history of the first church. The first church after Jesus died and was resurrected. And uh, this is a tremendous picture of what this first church looked like. So let's take a look. See how many times you notice references to being in community in this passage. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this is a tremendous picture of community um, in the first church. And if you want to know, like throughout church history, from the very first church into where we are today, if you want to know when the absolute glory days of the church were, like when the church was absolutely going gangbusters, you know when it was? It was the very first church. This is when people were coming to faith by the thousands. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. And these, these early followers of Jesus were doing this in community. That's how they were learning. That's how they were growing. That's how the church was moving forward. Now, uh, you know, this is my personal take on this passage, but, you know, some people take this as saying, like, man, we, we've got to get to this model, and, like, we all need to move in together and meet every day and, you know, and all that good stuff. And, and I, I don't necessarily think that that's... That's accurate because, you know, that's the context of the first century and life was a little bit different back then. But the principle for us in the 21st century absolutely remains timelessly clear. And that principle is that we need to be in community. If we are going to move forward, if we are going to grow, okay, we need to be in community both as a church and then also just for yourself individually in your faith. Um, so as we um, leave this wonderful school, that has been so good to us over these last 10 years. And just drink it up because we've got about two minutes left of this service. Um, so, uh, you know, look around taking those murals one more time. Um, but as we move from, from Key School to Thomas Jefferson Middle School, um, you know, many of you guys may be like, oh, what's it going to feel like without the murals at the new place? And, you know, what's is this auditorium? And, you know, is, is Grace going to be different? And, and all this stuff. Um, I, I just want to encourage you uh, that uh, it's something actually Clarence said in an earlier service I thought was 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 really right on point. He said, uh, you know, for me, actually, you, you said it in this one as well, the, the thing that brought him back was the people. 
The thing that brought him back was the people. And over and over, as we hemmed and hawed about, you know, God, do you want us to move or what do you want us to do? Uh, you guys, so many of you guys came back and said, you know what, we don't even care. It's not about the building. It's about the people. That's what a church is about. And so uh, I just want to assure you that um, Grace Community Church, it might feel a little bit different, but it is going to remain the exact same because you guys are going to remain the exact same uh, as we make that move. But here's the, here's the takeaway point. Um, I cannot encourage you enough as we make this move to make sure that you find some community here at Grace Community Church, okay? And let me just tell you, the number one way that this happens at Grace, community happens, it's not the only way, but the number one way that it happens is through something here we like to call community groups. Um, Some churches call them small groups. Other churches call them Bible studies. It's basically a chance where you get together with 7 to 12 other people from Grace, and you either read and discuss the Bible or you read and discuss some sort of a Christian book of some sort and you come together and you just everyone shares their thoughts on it and if there's any prayer requests, you pray for each other and that's pretty much the way it goes. You meet on a weekly basis. And um, so we were, getting, we're starting this new series uh, next week when we move to TJ. And by the way, uh, this series it, to me is the perfect series to invite someone who does not Go to church does not, is not really interested in church because we're talking about for three weeks what it means to be a church for people who don't go to church. And you can see those, uh, you know, sermon titles there on your, um, on that little card that we handed out. But, um, while we do this three, three part series, um, we, we wanted to have some sort of a study that dovetailed nicely with that. So like if you hear something cool on Sunday, you're like, yeah, you know, that's cool. Or I don't know if I agree with that or whatever. You had a chance to get together and, and have discussion about it. I cannot believe this because um, it's just, this never works out this way for me. But we found a book that, that like just hits the nail right on the head with where we're heading for this three-week series. And it's called Blue Like Jazz. Has anybody heard of the book Blue Like Jazz? You've heard of it? Okay. A few of you guys have heard of it. This has been so cool for me because part of my job is to evaluate curriculum for, you know, community groups and discussion groups and stuff like this. I'm reading different books. I'm trying to find things. And the, the main challenge working at Grace, a church for people who don't go to church, is always, like, there's tons of books out there that are written. If you've, like, grown up in church your whole life, you know, man, like, there's great stuff out there. And there's actually, there's some good stuff out there if you're completely skeptical and you're not on board, you know, just kind of like seeker material stuff. But the hard thing is because we're such a diverse group in terms of our beliefs here at Grace and where we are in our spiritual journeys of trying to find a study, a book, something that's going to that's gonna resonate with the person who's just investigating Jesus and not on board and the person who's been, you know, drinking the Jesus Kool-Aid their whole life. You know what I'm saying? They're like totally there. It's a very difficult thing. And not only will resonate with them, but also will challenge both groups to move forward. Well, this book, Blue Like Jazz, blew my doors off. Um, the subtitle under the book... <coughs> It's non-religious thoughts on Christian spirituality. The writer, Donald Miller, is a Christian. But the deal with him is he doesn't speak, if, if you're not much of a church-going person, you'll love this. He doesn't speak with all the God talk and the Christianese and all those words, you know, that you're supposed to know if you're a good church attender, right? He, he doesn't speak with those kind of words, just very plain. He's out there in terms of who he is and his struggles. And, I mean, he, he totally puts himself out there in this book. But the cool thing is, if you are not really on board with the whole Christianity thing, 
you'll totally be like, this guy is speaking my language because he, you know, he, he talks about the things he loves about church. He talks about some of the problems. And, um, and so you will really like that. But if you are here and you're totally on board and you're looking to be challenged, this will challenge you. If you have been walking with Jesus Christ since you were two years old, this will challenge you because he has some powerful insights and some really profound critiques um, that I hope will take our church to another level in terms of how we can be more like Christ and, uh, and more like the church that, that Jesus calls his church to be. So um, I think it's like, I hate to say it's the perfect book because there's no perfect book, but um, I just, I encourage you guys to, uh, to check that out. And so what we're going to do, is um, you should have gotten one of these on your chair. It's a, it's a sign-up sheet. This took me about 75 seconds to fill out, um, so it's not going to take you long. We're doing group sign-ups a little bit differently. We're trying to meet you where you are, and so we want you to fill out you know, where, where you want to meet, what time works best for you, what day, what other considerations that we can hit you with. And um, the, the, the launch was going to happen next week at... TJ, but we decided, you know, we'll kind of give you guys a first glance at it and give you an extra week if you want to pick up the book this week. We've got a ton of books in the back um, with a reading schedule. We're going to do it in three weeks. So it's about 80 pages of reading a week. It's a great read, very humorous, light reading, but really provocative. And so you can take this and fill it out if you want to get into a group. Uh, it's three weeks. That's it. Three weeks, and then that's it. So um, I just encourage you to fill that out. You can drop that back in those tables in the back. Uh, there's some brown boxes back there, and you can grab a book back there too. So, all right. Shall we close out our final service at TJ or uh, Key School? All right. Let's pray. Uh, God, um, we thank you for this place where we sit right now. Uh, we thank you uh, for ten great years here, and um, Lord, I know. There's so many memories in our minds right now. So many of us can remember our first time walking in. We can remember times where we just felt your presence so clearly. We can remember times where we were challenged. Um, Lord, where we grew, uh, where we had great insight into you and, and the Bible. And we thank you for all those memories. Uh, help us to, to just celebrate them as we leave this place today. Um, Lord, um, we know you want us to move ahead. And uh, it's just so important that you tell us that we need to remember these things. I pray also for each person individually uh, who is here this morning. Maybe there are some of us, Lord, and we've never really, in a, in a disciplined way, taken the time in a structured way to go back and, and kind of chart out where you know our relationship with you has been in, in the major points of our life. And I, I pray, Lord, that you'd, you'd help every single one of us just to take a couple minutes to do that so that we could see where you've been with us and then that could help us as we move forward, especially for those of us who are struggling this morning, needing to move ahead, needing to break through and, uh, and move forward in some area of our lives. God, um, as we move forward, help us to do it in community. Lord, help us to step out of the shadows of Sunday morning as great as Sunday morning is. Lord, uh, we can move forward so much more effectively if we're in community. And I know, God, there are so many here today who are feeling like I felt the first time I heard about a group sign-up at Grace. I was like, no way, no way, not going to do that. That's my personal stuff. I don't need to share that with somebody else. God, uh, nudge them, reassure them. Uh, give them the courage to just take a flyer on it, to show up one time for the first group meeting. And um, 
just to, just to, just to give it a shot, God. Um, just remind them that if they can trust uh, Sunday morning and what happens here at Grace, that, that they can trust uh, what happens in these community groups as well. Um, so, Lord, uh, we thank you so much for uh, the blessing that this place has been. Uh, help us, Lord, to... Um, just as we as we leave this place to uh, to not just um, have a boost on Sunday morning, but but all throughout our week, and uh, we pray all these things in Christ's name, Amen.